Welcome to Reign of Grace. This program is brought to you by Reign of Grace Media Ministries, an outreach ministry of Eager Avenue Grace Church in Albany, Georgia. It is our pleasure and privilege to present to you the gospel message of the sovereign grace and glory of God in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that today's program will be a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and now for today's program. Welcome to our program today. I'm glad you could join us. If you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, I'm going to be preaching from John chapter 1. That's the Gospel of John chapter 1. And I'll begin around verse 15. I dealt with some of these verses in the last message, but I want to go back and pick up with this subject, John's testimony of Christ. That's John, meaning John the Baptist, John's testimony of Christ. John the Baptist had such an important role in the history of redemption because he was virtually the last of the Old Testament prophets who came in representing the whole school of the prophets, dating, uh, going all the way back to Genesis. And their whole message basically was to point sinners to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Now they spoke other things. They said other things. John himself did too. But look at verse 15. It says, John bear witness of him. That was John's purpose, to speak of Christ. John was not a moral reformer, even though he did speak of morality, how uh, sinners are to be moral. Uh, He confronted the king, King Herod, over his immorality because of his uh, marrying his brother's wife and things like that. John confronted them. But John's main message And this is the main message of all the prophets of God throughout the Old Testament was Jesus Christ as the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ crucified for the sins of his people, buried, died, buried, and was risen again the third day. The the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and what that means, that's why John came. And he was the one who was to usher in the actual coming of the Messiah into the world. And it says, John, bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now think about what he's saying there. Not only is Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, preferred before John or any other person, Because Christ, the Bible tells us, Christ is to have the preeminence in all things. Not just salvation, especially salvation. But he's to have the preeminence in creation, in providence, in all things. And then John says, for he was before me. Now what is John saying there? Well, he's he's acknowledging the deity of Christ. The eternity of Christ. John says this person, who is the Word made flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, was in existence before me. John had a beginning. John was a sinful human being who needed salvation just like all of us. But Christ was not a sinful human being. His human body had a beginning because he was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. But his deity... 
The Word, as John puts it in, the, in chapter 1, did not have a beginning. Has no beginning and no end. He's called the Alpha and the Omega. And so John acknowledges what his, his testimony of Christ is, this person who is man without sin is God. God-man. That's John's testimony. And that's the kind of person that it took to save sinners. God alone, you see, in order for sinners to be saved, justice must be satisfied. The justice of God against sins, the, 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 uh, against sinners, must be satisfied. That's what propitiation, you've heard the term propitiation if you read it, the Bible, any of the New Testament. The term propitiation means satisfaction to God's justice. God's wrath turned away because justice is satisfied. And the justice against sin is death. So in order for God to save sinners, justice has to be satisfied. Well, God cannot die. Now think about what I'm saying here. God is eternal. God is life. Nobody can kill God. So what did, what did the Lord God have to do in the person of His Son? And we're talking about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God now, not three gods, one God who subsists in three different, three distinct persons, called co-equal with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in every attribute of deity. God had to assume human flesh without sin. Sinless human flesh. This humanity of Christ could not be corrupted with the sins of Adam or the sins of any human being. And you need to understand that Christ is impeccable. Now, what does that mean? That means he cannot sin. And I know people, the human beings, you know, we love to speculate. We love to rationalize. We just can't, by nature, we just can't stand on the word of God because if it doesn't make sense to us, then... But see, our minds are so limited. And we just have to believe God's Word. And the Bible teaches us that, that Christ, even though He was tempted like as we are, yet without sin, and somebody said, well, how could He be tempted like me if he, there was no possibility of Him sinning? Well, think about this. I always use this example of Christ on the Mount of Temptation after he, preached, uh, after he went up on the mount to be tempted of Satan, and he was there 40 days and 40 nights, and he had not eaten, a, eaten one bit of food. He was hungry. Now, he, he had the infirmities of the flesh, but not the sins. He was just as hungry in his humanity as you and I would be, tempted like as we are. But there's a difference, yet without sin. In us, there's a principle, a powerful law, evil, that would consider and actually give in to sin in order to relieve that hunger. We would deny God in order to relieve that hunger rather than starve to death. But Christ had no, Satan had no ally in Christ. That's what he said one time. He said, uh, uh, the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. There's no ally in Christ. There's an ally in me of Satan. It's my evil flesh. That's why I'm in a warfare, the spirit and the flesh, the warfare. But there was no warfare in Christ, even though in his humanity he was hungry. 
just as hungry as you and as you would be or I would be. He had no thought, no temptation to dishonor the Father in order to relieve that hunger. And so he told Satan, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father, out of God. So you understand that. So Christ was fully man, but God had to assume human flesh in order to die. Over in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, there's a verse that I, I really love when it talks about the ones for whom Christ came to die. You see, God cannot die. But now here's another thing. Man, no matter, even a perfect man, cannot give life. Only God can give life. So therefore the Savior had to be both God to give life and man to die, to satisfy justice and bring forth the forgiveness of sins, to bring forth the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel, the imputed righteousness of Christ. Over in Hebrews 2.14, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Now the children there are God's children, God's elect, God's redeemed ones, believers. The children are partakers of flesh and blood. He, that is Christ, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Now, the devil doesn't have any power to kill or to make alive. But his power of death was his power of accusation, which brings out the accusation of sin. If I have sin imputed to me, charged to me, then that's going to be death. That's why I need a Savior to, who took my sins. They were charged to him. And he gave me his righteousness. It was charged to me. Well, anyway, go back to John 1.15. He's preferred before me. John testified of the deity of Christ. And then verse 16, it says, And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. John said, We receive of his fullness. Now, that's what salvation is. It's not receiving his partiality or something that he did in part. Just part of it. He did his part. The rest is up to you. Oh no, John didn't testify of him that way. John said, "We re and of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. John testified of Christ that, that the salvation that God provides for his people through Christ is all of Christ, all of grace, freely given, not conditioned on you, not conditioned on me, not conditioned on John, but it's full, full and free. Salvation, full and free. It's not that Christ died for everybody without exception, and then we have to put that in power by our doing something, believing, choosing, uh, obeying, or whatever. No. Christ did a full work. He said it's finished. All that was required of me was fully accomplished, and finished and completed in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order for me to be saved, that death has to take place in my, in, in my stead. Christ is my surety. My sins, my sin debts, you might say it this way, because sin is a debt. Oh, a debt to God's law and justice. My sin debt was charged to Christ 
before the foundation of the world as he was made my surety, the surety of the covenant. Bible in Hebrews chapter, I believe it's chapter 8, says that Christ is the surety of a better covenant, or chapter 7. But he's the surety of a better covenant. He wasn't the surety of the old covenant. That's law. That condemns. But he's the surety of the everlasting covenant of grace. The new covenant that's brought in by him in time. So he took all of my sins. Not just part of them. I've heard people say things like this. They'll say, well, uh, when I was born again, all my sins of the past were forgiven. But now my future sins I have to atone for. Either by repentance or uh, reformation or something. That's a lie. You see, when, we, when God brings us to receive Christ, and we've already read over there how people receive Christ. In John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, As many as received Him, to them gave He power, the right to become or to be called the sons of God, even them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, that is not of, not of a physical inheritance or physical pedigree, nor the will of the flesh, that is the works of the flesh. You're not born again by works, nor of the will of man. You're not born again by your choosing something or having a will to do. God gives his, makes his people willing in the day of his power, but they're born of God, he says. But I've heard people say, well, uh, when you're born again, all your sins of the past are forgiven, but the future sins you've got to atone for. No, no, no. My friend, of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. And grace reigns through righteousness through e- unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, salvation is not based upon our doing anything or choosing anything. yes, All who are saved, now don't get me wrong here, all who are saved will choose Christ. But their choosing did not save them. Christ did of His fullness. And grace for grace, listen, it's all of grace. It's all freely given. Even the faith to lay hold of Christ and receive Him is a gift from God. How many times, if you've watched this program, I probably don't go uh, uh, in one message without quoting Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The reason I emphasize that is because most people today, many, many people, Christ is not their Savior, their faith is. And that's wrong. You say, and you may say, well, you're splitting hairs. No, I'm not. This is John's testimony. I I agree with John, John the Baptist. Of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. Look at verse 17. He said the law was given by Moses. That's the old covenant law that started back in Mount Sinai given to the uh, Hebrew children through Moses. That law given by Moses, the lawgiver. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Salvation is by Jesus Christ, and that means salvation is by grace, and that's the truth. And you know, it's sad today, so many people in religion today who call themselves Christian, their religion is not based upon grace and truth. Their beliefs are based upon feeling and emotionalism 
And don't get me wrong, I, 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 when I read the gospel, when I read the scriptures, I get emotional. When I preach it, I get emotional. Uh, chills sometimes runs down my spine, or I get teary-eyed, or I just get rejoicing. Yeah, I'm an emotional person. But my beliefs, my gospel, my salvation is not based on my emotions or my feelings. It's based upon truth as it is in God's Word. The truth of who Christ is. The truth of what He accomplished. And why He did it and where He is now. And then John says this in verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. You, you haven't seen a visible uh, image of God. I know people paint paintings and, build, and, and carve statues, but that's not God. God is spirit. And whatever dream you've had or whatever experience you've had, emotional or otherwise psychological, whatever it was, you didn't see God in His image, you see. Christ is the way we see God, but not Christ in a picture. You don't even know what Christ looked like in a picture. Nobody took a photograph of Him. These Renaissance paintings, that, that's not Jesus. That's some guy's interpretation. But Jesus Christ is the express image of the Father and the Spirit of God. And so, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. You want to see God with the eye of faith? Listen to what Christ declares. And let me caution you here on something if you want to be a Bible student. When I say listen to what Christ declares, what He says about the Father, about the Spirit, about salvation, don't think I'm just talking about the red letters if you have a red letter Bible. I'm talking about the Word of Christ, the Word of God that goes from Genesis to Revelation. I don't have a red-letter Bible, and many of you probably do. I won't tell you to stop reading that, but I will tell you to think in this way. The letters that are in black are just as important as the letters that are in red because it's all the Word of God. When Paul spoke in the epistles, he wasn't speaking on his own volition or wisdom. He was speaking the Word of God through Christ. When John makes these statements, he's speaking the Word of Christ. So understand that. He hath declared Him. And what hath He declared? Well, He declared that God the Father is a just God and a Savior to save His people from their sins based upon His blood and His righteousness alone. That's what grace is all about. And look at verse 19 of John 1. And this is the record of John. Now this is what the Apostle John was led to record of what John the Baptist said. And he said this is the record of John. This is a historical record when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? Now here's the religious, the religious leaders of, in Jerusalem of that day. John, as you know, he didn't preach in Jerusalem. He preached outside the city in the wilderness. And he baptized out there. We'll talk about that in just a moment or later on. And 
he had a big following. People were going out to see him and to hear what he had to say. And that's why it's important that we understand John's testimony. So they sent the religious leaders, priests and Levites, that's the priesthood of Israel, that did the services of the temple. And they went out to ask John, who are you? Who do you think you are? Probably more in line of their thoughts. And look at verse 20 of John 1. It says, And John confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. First thing John wanted them to understand, that he's not the Savior. He's not the Messiah. I'm not your Savior. So many people, they, they, they look up to men and give them too much esteem. Now, there's nothing wrong with esteeming a preacher or a witness of the gospel. But you understand, no man has the power to save you. No mere man. No sinful man. You see, I can't save you. I can't even save myself. I need salvation by the grace of God. And let me tell you something. I need salvation by the grace of God based on the righteousness of Christ freely imputed as much as the worst sinner that ever set foot on this cursed world. Just as much. It didn't take more grace for God to save the thief on the cross than it did for him to save the Apostle Paul or Peter or James or John. All of us, if we're saved, it's totally, 100%, unearned and undeserved grace, free grace, that is freely given. So who are you, John? John said, well, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the Christ. Anybody who tells you he's the, he or she's the Messiah, get away from them. There's only one Christ. And then look at verse 21. And they ask him, what then? Are you Elias or Elijah? And he says, and he said, I am not. Now, why would they ask him if he's Elijah? Well, that comes from a prophecy back in the book of Malachi when Elijah was mentioned, not as, not personally, Elijah who would come in the future, but it was talking about what Elijah, the prophet, who started out years ago, uh, before that, what Elijah the prophet represented in the school of the prophets. And so what he was talking about is the truth and the school of the prophets that Elijah represented would come in that time and it would be fulfilled in John the Baptist, which, who is called the voice of one crying in the wilderness in uh, Malachi chapter 3. So he says, I'm not Elijah. Then they ask him in verse 21, Art thou that prophet? Now that comes from a prophecy back in Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 and 18, where Moses spoke of a greater prophet to come. You see, back in the Old Testament, you had prophets, you had priests, and you had kings. Men like David and Solomon were kings. But there was one greater than Solomon coming, the king of kings. That's Christ. David and Solomon were types and pictures of Christ. You had priests, like Aaron was a high priest. Others that were named were high priests. 
But the greater priesthood, as we learn in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, for example, Christ is the one true great high priest who entered into the heavenlies for his people because he had satisfied justice and brought forth an everlasting righteousness of infinite value whereby God could be just and justify. And then you had prophets who spoke of Christ, like John is talking about. Well, Christ is the greater prophet. Moses said a greater prophet is coming. Greater than Moses, greater than any other prophet. That's Christ who is that great prophet, who is the word of God himself. And when they said, art thou that prophet? I believe it's a reference back to Moses' prophecy. And John says, no, I'm not that prophet. Christ is. So Christ, for the believer, is our prophet, our priest, and our king. He's the combination of all three, which represents the fullness of salvation that he brought. And so John said, no, I'm not that prophet. Look at verse 22. Then said they unto thee, who art thou? Who are you? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? Now this is precious. And it goes all the way through John chapter 1. What John says about himself. Let me tell you about me, John says. In verse 23, he, says, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And my message is, and th this is a prophecy from Isaiah 40, actually. I said Malachi before. But there is prophecies in Malachi 3 of John the Baptist. And uh, he said, I am, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And here's my message. Make straight or prepare the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. I'm just a voice. It's kind of like saying I'm just a signpost. I'm just here to point you to the right way. I'm not, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not that prophet. I'm not Elijah. I'm John the Baptist. I'm, I believe the same thing Elijah believed. I'm, I'm in that school, in that tradition. But here's what I really am. I'm a voice. Just, just telling you where salvation is to be found. In whom salvation is to be found. And in verse 24 it says, And they which were were sent of, uh, were of the Pharisees. Now that tells you something there. What was a Pharisee? A Pharisee was one who sought and thought he had found righteousness by works of the law. That's what a Pharisee was. Well, John's getting ready to talk to these Pharisees the way that they, they needed to be talked to, to expose their error. My friend, righteousness, salvation, cannot be found in anyone or by any work except Christ crucified and risen from the dead. And that was John's testimony. Look unto him and be he saved, John would say. And so when they came, they asked him these questions. I hope you'll join us next week for another message from God's Word. We are glad you could join us for another edition of Reign of Grace. This program is brought to you by Reign of Grace Media Ministries, an outreach ministry of Eager Avenue Grace Church in Albany, Georgia. To receive a copy of today's program or to learn more about Reign of Grace Media Ministries or Eager Avenue Grace Church, write us at 1102 Eager Drive, Albany, Georgia, 31707. Contact us by phone at 
229-432-6969 or email us through our website at www.theletterrofgrace.com. Thank you again for listening today and may the Lord be with you.